All right, welcome to episode two of the Jits Blues. I'm Kelty. I'm Marty. This is really interesting to do right now because we haven't even put our first episode out yet. I know. I'm like, <laughs> I wonder what the reception is going to be like. Yeah, so this could be, at this point, we could be talking to like two people or we could be talking to a bunch of people. Yeah. And we knows. really don't know. Yeah. So, so thanks for see. coming along to the journey. Yeah. It was funny last night. I was talking to, I can't remember who I was talking to, but they made a joke that we were going to have like a million listens and it was all just going to be you in your car by yourself, <laughs> like listening to your own voice over and over again. And then fast forwarding through me. Yeah. And then, <laughs> and then screen recording it and then posting it on my story. Yeah. Posting like inspirational quotes about how awesome I am. Oh my God. <laughs> Did you think you said anything inspirational last time? No, I almost cried. Did you? <laughs> yeah. When did you cry? No, I said it almost did. When did you almost cry? Talking about when I cried. <laughs> <laughs> when you were scared? Yeah. <laughs> How do you feel? Okay, so what are we talking about today? For, we're going to record two today. So yeah, we're, we're in the two. same outfits if you're watching this yeah. video. Yeah. That's why. Um, what are we talking about today? We're going to talk about why we bo both joined Jiu Jitsu. We're going to hear each other's stories. And then the second recording that we're going to be talking about will be toxic masculinity. Which so that episode's coming up. It's going to get deep. Yeah. Next week. Next week. Yeah. <laughs> but for us, right away. Yeah, right away. So it's yeah. going to be an interesting day. Yeah. How, okay, so how do you feel leading up to this topic? About why we joined jiu-jitsu? Not like, but about talking about it. <sighs> it's exciting because I, I've actually never heard your, you never told me. You've never told me why. I don't really talk about it. You just showed up one time. Yeah. And just, you never left. Yeah. As much as I'd like you to. <laughs> no. You, I remember you showed up. I think it was like spring or summer. It was August. Okay, yes. Because yeah. I remember you were wearing like these like cut off shorts, these big ass boots. And like, you were kind of scary looking with your, like, yeah, your leg, your leg tattoos. Right? And I'm like, because I remember seeing you walking down like Jasper Ave. Uh, <laughs> or like around Jasper Ave because I'm driving I was driving down to, oh, to go oh, towards oh like you saw me along the way yeah along oh, the way when okay. I'm driving down to come to the gym I'm yeah. like man that bitch looks mean oh and my then God. <laughs> and then you just showed up and I was like oh it's her and then you just never left I've I, never heard that story before yeah that's you, so funny I remember seeing you and I'm like oh, okay she looks tough and then I just kept driving yeah. and then you end up coming into Evolve and then into the Yeah, mountain. and then I did a week free trial and then I, I left for a couple months and then I started and signed up on a one-year contract in uh, January. What made you, okay, so first of all, what made you decide to go and why did you decide to keep going? So, okay, so I'm in a little bit of a, not like unique situation when it comes to jujitsu, but... Um, like doing Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu was not my first introduction to Jiu-Jitsu. Okay. Um, so it wasn't like I, when I came to Bajo, I had done like no martial arts before. I had done a year of Japanese Jiu-Jitsu before. Oh. About a year of Japanese Jiu-Jitsu. Yeah. Okay. I didn't know I, that. Yeah, I know. And then I took a year off and um, like I'd gotten injured at one point um, and then just like life got carried away and I never came back. And then when I did come back, I was like, I knew I wanted to do Brazilian Jiu Jitsu. 
Because obviously I'd been like exposed to it. Like if yeah. you have the internet and you're in jujitsu realm, like you can't not be. It's like the biggest, you know, mm-hmm. it's way bigger than like any of the other sort of streams of jujitsu is at this yeah. point. Um, and so I knew I really wanted to do Brazilian jiu-jitsu because I really liked the like sport aspect and the competition aspect. Mm-hmm. And I also felt like it was a little bit more like, so when I was doing Japanese jiu-jitsu, and I, this isn't going to be all about like why I did Japanese jiu-jitsu versus Brazilian. I promise we'll get into like the details. Okay. Um, but one of the things I liked about it was that like it was, it felt more like you could kind of like forge your own path within it a little bit. When I was going and I was doing belt tests or gradings before, it felt like I had to do like this move, this move, this move. And I'm like, oh, but I, I don't like this. This doesn't work for me. This doesn't work for my body. Right. And I also really wanted to do more sparring, more rolling. That was always my like favorite part, even though we, we did do it, but not yeah. like as frequently as like, obviously we do it. We spend most of our time sparring and mm-hmm. on the ground and things like that. So I wanted to do more of that. Okay. And then I never left. Awesome. <laughs> That's awesome. So was Japanese jiu-jitsu, was it more linear? Like more, more like um, you must do this, you know, you need to know this. Word. Yeah, there was like a list of, at least like where I was practicing, there was like a list of um, A, B, C, D you have to do for yellow belt. Mm-hmm. EFG you have to do for orange belt and they had everything laid out and you kind of yeah. progress through the ranks like that. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So what made you decide to even start martial arts? So <laughs> so even like way before that, um in my like I would say early twenties, um I had uh a couple experiences where I felt like unsafe and I didn't like I'd had like you know bad relationships with men and I Mm -hmm. wanted to do something like I didn't know anything about martial arts and I had a friend who was like the same friend that I like trained with a year uh for a year with who did um Japanese jiu-jitsu he was a black belt in Japanese jiu-jitsu he's like well why don't you come and like try out a couple classes so I tried out like one or two and I didn't commit to it I didn't buy a gi like I I didn't get super into it I would just kind of come here and there And kind of show up um and then i kind of you know got i don't even know how to really like talk about it i just like fell off of it i mm. guess and uh what was sort of like the big catalyst for me there was a few things that were the big catalyst for me of why i decided to like stick with it and actually follow through with it the first one was i went back to university okay um which I know people have different experiences with school, yeah. but for me, like going to university, like completely changed my, my life okay. and the trajectory of my life. Um, and not necessarily in like a career ways, but I just feel like it opened me up to like so many different ways of living and realizing that like, I didn't have to live the life I was living at that moment. Okay. So about six months into like going back into university, I, um, and a relationship with someone that I had been with for years that was like a, oh, wow. not a good relationship okay. at all. Um, and the breakup was like one of those like awful breakups that lasts like two weeks. Oh man. The cops get involved twice. Oh, yeah. Shit. It was like a whole big thing. Oh my goodness. Um, so getting out of that relationship and like getting into my own sort of like apartment and my own life, I was like, I remember one night I just was like, it was like November after that happened, that happened in the summer and then November rolled around and I was like, 
I had this like night one night where I was like up super late. I couldn't sleep and I bought myself a gi and I sent an email to like the same club <laughs> and I started like the next week. And then I don't think I like I left for like a year. And then when I came back to Baiho, yeah, it was like uh, I, I never left. <laughs> it feels like. Yeah. So that was like a little bit wild. And like this is why like. I have a hard time answering this question mm -hmm. and I have a hard time like talking about because it's like I feel like especially as a woman you get asked a lot like oh why did you start jujitsu yeah and a lot of times you get a really like okay so I feel like people have one of two reasons why they start jujitsu okay it's either like they're exposed to it and they're like that looks really cool I want to try something like that mm -hmm. I want to learn to defend myself I want to learn this or they're like seeking it out because something happens in their life I 100% agree. Yeah. yeah. For a lot of women, it could be I was sexually assaulted mm -hmm. or I felt unsafe or this almost happened where the fear of it happening again is the reason that pushes them into the into the gym. Yeah. So you're right. Yeah. I, I completely agree. Yeah. So it's kind of funny because like, so people ask me that and I try to like dance around the question because I'm like, ah talking about uh, this why because it's a long answer it's, it's a long answer and it also i just like i guess for a long time i didn't feel like talking about it because it's like i didn't want to feel like i was putting myself at risk for years yeah i want to like talk about it and then like have it be like you know especially like which is funny because now i'm doing it so publicly yeah and like but i was like fuck it let's yeah. go it's <laughs> <laughs> so funny because i love talking about myself yeah so <laughs> I'll but talk i was about just this. like i feel intimate to me yeah and, and that's it fair. feels like i have to expose a lot of myself to mm. answer that question okay I but see that. so here we're going yeah um but one of the like funny things about my first class ever like since i like when i was like okay i'm gonna buy a gi i'm gonna do it and i'm gonna like actually follow through and like train every as much as i possibly can mm -hmm. so my first class uh was on rear bear hug self-defense okay which was really interesting because like one of the things that I was dealing with at that time and kind of having like a little bit of like, um, like residual trauma from was like having a big fight with my ex, mm -hmm. like panicking, going into a panic attack, trying to run out of the room and him bear hugging me and trying oh, to stop me from okay. running out of the room, me yelling at him to like, let go of me yeah. and like not knowing how to like, handle that situation yeah. wow. at all and it was my first class how ironic is that i was wow. like it was so like i think for some people it would have been like wow this is so like liberating and look at me learning for this and for me it was like i cried the whole way home no way <laughs> it was so bad wow yeah okay was that at Baiho? no 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 that, that wasn't was that Baiho. that okay. was like this was like all of this happened like before i even got to Baiho. by the okay. time i got to Baiho, i was like Let's do this. Like, okay. I'm so into this. Okay. But there was like a year of like experience with jujitsu that happened yeah. outside of Baiho okay. that was like leading up to all of that. What was the reason for the break between, for the break? between one gym to the other? <sighs> um, to be honest, like I got injured. Okay. I, uh, I hurt my wrist. Um, and then I got into another relationship, mm -hmm. which was a very different relationship. Yeah. Um, but things got very like swept away in that relationship. Like it was very codependent for lack of a better okay. word. And so um, because it was like so codependent and because there was like, um, you know, I was dealing with my own stuff and he was dealing with his own mental health. There wasn't a lot of time that I put into focusing on myself. Okay. I always missed it. I always wanted to come back. Yeah. 
And, you know, eventually like things just like one thing after another happened. And eventually I was just like, I'm going to do it. Mm -hmm. And it's funny because how I was exposed to Baiho, do you want to know? Yes. Okay. So Haas gave, this was right before he opened up the gym. Haas, who's um, like our head instructor and who yeah. owns the club, gave one of his business cards to one of my friends that I was in school with. Interesting. And she gave it to me being like, oh, I heard like you like jujitsu. Like you should yeah. check out like my friend's club. Wow. And I didn't show up for like another year, year and a half. But that was how I first heard about Baiho. Whoa. How crazy is that? Wow. And of course, it's just like Haas being like at a club. Yeah. Like just handing out his business cards to Oh, everybody. like at a club club? Yeah. Like, oh my goodness. Of course, Haas is partying. Handing yeah. Out. What a hustler. I know. Ah, and that's, that and here we are. Like, that's how I like. That is so funny. Yeah. And look, how cool is it that you went from that to like now jujitsu is kind of your life. Yeah, it's kind it's of taken wild. over your whole life. It really has. Yeah, which is like kind of crazy when I think about it. Like honestly, it's one of those things where if I think back to who I was and the things that scared me and made me nervous and prohibited me from doing what I wanted to do, like versus now, it's it feels like two completely different worlds. You I know? agree. Yeah. Did you play any sports or anything growing up? Mm -hmm, I did. I played soccer, basketball, and I danced. What? So I was pretty active. But did you like them? No. No. <laughs> okay. I shouldn't say it like that, but like no. realistically, like like I like being active. Yeah. I always really like being active, but team sports are not my thing. No, really. It took really? me a long time to realize that. Yeah. Interesting. My parents always very like my parents did an awesome job with like my brother and I. They always put us in activities. They yeah. always made sure that we like went to them and we showed up and, yeah. and everything like that. They even coached us a lot, which is oh, wow. like really I think really special. That is. Um, but team sports are not my thing. Did you? So you didn't enjoy them? Like. I mean, there's parts of it that I liked, but yeah. I think as in the bigger sense of things, I really like team sports are just not for me. I didn't have yeah. the same passion for them yeah. that I do for like martial arts and like jujitsu. Did you excel at any of them no. as, as much as you do at jujitsu? No. No? No. This is the first time I've really been like good at like a physical activity. Wow. Like, especially okay. when I was young, like I was like a little twiggy thing. Okay. I was tiny. Um, and awkward so awkward <laughs> really yeah like so awkward mm. i'll show you a basketball picture later okay. and it's just like yeah okay she's she's had a glow up did you <laughs> did you were you as i don't know if you're extroverted or introverted because you're kind of both sometimes i'm in the middle yeah so i mean you're a fantastic leader in the gym because you've taken kind of taken over our women's program and you're an exceptional leader in that aspect were you like at that? Times, at I don't times, know, man. were you like that growing up in those sports at no. all, or did you kind of fall into mm -hmm. like the fade into the back? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I was the kid, especially when I was younger. I was the kid like doing cartwheels, playing defense at the other end of the soccer field, <laughs> picking like, flowers. Pick, oh, hundred yeah. percent, trying to make little flower crowns out of yeah. everything. Like I was just like a creative, weird, misfit kid yeah. that like didn't really have a lot of friends and like had my own interests that were very different from yeah. my peers and things like that. So I like really struggled. Did and, you like, get picked on at all? Oh yeah. Yeah. Oh hell yeah. Oh yeah. Okay. 
Oh, that's so sad. Oh. This is why I'm like, I think this is funny now. And I'm like, oh, this isn't going too bad. We've already like dished out like yeah. a decent amount of stuff. And we I'm have. like, this is going all right. And that's you're just okay. like, oh, that's sad. It is sad because I, I can empathize with being bullied and being made fun of because I was very similar growing yeah. up. I was small, like yeah. little. I was eight, nine, and people thought I was five. Really? Six. I was a little guy. Oh, were you short too? I was short, Aww. I was small. I didn't hit my growth spurt until high school, maybe grade nine. Yeah. And that's when um, things change, you know, your body changes and all that kind of stuff, but that's when I started to excel at sports. Mm. Um, Cause you played like high level hockey, didn't you? I did, I played hockey from age four to like 16. And there was that age from like four to like, nine ten you still are kind of understanding how the game works but you're progressing um but that age from like 11 to 15 16 is when really things really like switched mm. and i started to excel and play with top tier teams and so yeah i played hockey growing up for most of my life and then in the summers i played lacrosse so both very violent uh heavy hitting games and those are i was thinking about it today i'm like i need to talk about how toxic hockey is yeah and lacrosse um it's our well lacrosse is our national sport but we're known for hockey like canada yeah. is known for hockey and so this will tie into why i joined jiu-jitsu like why i started because i have a few reasons as to why i started jiu-jitsu but i'll talk about hockey and lacrosse first because it taught me a lot about like being able to be part of a team mm -hmm. that's why i really like jiu-jitsu because it is a team sport but you don't have the excuse of fading into the back. Like yes. you're exposed, like you're by yourself. You're basically naked in front of the whole yeah. world to, to watch. You need a team to train with, yes. or you need somebody to train with. So it's, it can't be completely individual. Right. But when it comes down to it, you're very much on your own. Yeah. And so hockey taught me a lot of things about like being able to take heat and criticism from coaches being yelled at and using that to like, excel and using that as motivation um but looking back at it now i'm like man that culture is like i watched i was watching hockey highlights yesterday and full-grown man babies slashing their sticks on the boards because they are mad yeah. and i'm like are you kidding me and that behavior has never been like like stopped like it's actually encouraged yeah. they never really stopped that behavior it's kind of encouraged and that goes from like ages six to there's 30, 40 year olds on the ice acting that way. Yeah. So that's another reason why I stopped playing is because I was just like, well, hey, I'm not good. And I didn't knew I wasn't good enough to play. <laughs> yeah. To play pro. No, that's fair. Yeah. And because I went to a hockey school, like I got scouted one tournament with a friend of mine. We both got asked to go play in a tournament out in Comox, BC, and it was a Team Canada versus Team USA mm. tournament. So what it was, it was the Canadians will be on one end of the dorms and the Americans are all segregated basically. Right. And we're all these cots and like these bunk beds in this area. So we're doing three a day practices or two a day practices with games at the very end of the days. They were like shitty games. Those are long days. And then at the very end of the two weeks of this, uh, tournament thing it was a huge game mm. of the canadians versus the americans and people got cut along the way oh, i lost hockey survivor i the day i landed i spent four hours there and i cried and i called home and i'm like come get me i don't want to be here and my, <gasps> how old are you i think i was 15 
oh, 14, 15. Yeah. <clears throat> so I was like not young, yeah. but I wasn't like old enough to like really appreciate what I was being a part of. And there was guys there that actually made it to the to the NHL. Wow. They made they took they turned pro. And there was levels. There's like jujitsu. There's levels yeah. to the game. Even though you're the same size, the same age, there's levels. So that's one reason I stopped and playing hockey because I was like, this isn't for me. Yeah. So was it just the was it just the the competitive aspect? Was it the the like un hinged masculinity was it a combination of all of it a little bit yeah but it was a lot of like i have this was what it was expected of me yeah we during these training days of these two weeks we had media training how to speak to the media i'm like i'm 15 <laughs> like who wants to talk to me and why do i care can you show me how to become better at, yeah on the ice there was stuff like that and i just was like I don't like this. Yeah. It's not fun for me. Mm. So playing hockey was always supposed to be fun because my dad was very like, you just have fun. Just go have fun. But he also pushed me to like, yeah. do your best. I don't want to see you slacking out there because I'm paying a lot of money, <laughs> which is <laughs> fair. Is expensive. Which is, yeah, it's so expensive. So playing hockey and lacrosse was really good for me in some aspects. Like one thing that I can take away that has transitioned into jujitsu is like, I can take a hit to the head and it doesn't bother me because <laughs> you know sometimes you're sparring or you're rolling and you get like a knee or an elbow oh, and then yeah. your partner is like oh my god they start freaking out yeah. and like you haven't hit you're me. just like just hit here just hit, on here, my ear. on the ears. hit my ear I, I need that cauliflower ear <laughs> <laughs> um but like it doesn't phase me yeah. as much as like some other people that have never been in a contact sport yes. so that i'm really happy with because like tournaments they can get very very violent you can get slammed and some people just either freak out and for some people that have been part of contact sports, they're like, this is nothing. Yeah. So, so now I'll talk about why I started jujitsu. Yes. So for those that don't know, I'm actually like a police officer. And so I've been one for about 13 years and about 10, 11 years ago, I was involved in, in a pretty high like profile incident where I didn't have the training that I have now. Mm -hmm. And I ended up hurting somebody pretty significantly. And I still feel like really guilty about it. And so that was a reason, that was kind of like my wake up call. I was like, man, I am not as good at fighting and controlling bad guys or suspects as, as, as much as I'd like to think I am. Yeah. So it was really a wake up call for me. So about a year later, I finally got the courage to walk. Like it took me that long. Like mm -hmm. I knew I didn't meet a standard that I was holding myself to. And really the general public should be holding us to. 100%, yeah. And so I, I made that realization and um, I walked into a jiu-jitsu gym, which was not under Haas. It was actually a Gracie Baja gym. No way. Yeah, it was Legends. You guys, no way. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I walked into Legends because one of my old training officers was like a three or four stripe white belt there. And he's somebody that I really looked up to and really respected because he taught me almost everything that I knew at that point. Mm -hmm. So he's like, look, I know you're struggling with this. He's like, come train with me here. It's really good. And this is like 2014, 2013. Oh, okay. Yeah. It's a long time ago. So I go and typical Gracie Baja fashion. Sorry, you can't, you should just buy a gi now. You have did to you buy, buy the gi? Oh yeah. Oh. I bought a gi, I bought a rash guard. What did you do with it when you quit? I you quit the, Gracie Baja. I kept it. And then when I started training at Haas's gym, he made me take off all the patches. <laughs> 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 He's 
like, you don't have to, you don't have to buy a new gi. You just take off all the patches. I'm like, yeah. all right. I'm like, I don't know any different. Sure. I'll do whatever you say. So I go there and I spent maybe a month. Yeah. And I went there maybe once or twice a week for a month. And if you don't know anything about Gracie Baja or Legends, it's a very big gym. It's huge. huge. It's probably one of the biggest gyms in the city, let alone maybe the, maybe the province. Like it's, it's, it's huge. She big. Yeah. And so the black belt, he was a brown belt at the time, but the instructor, he had a lot of uh, clout. He had a lot of like, oh, I was on Ultimate Fighter. I trained with these guys. And I was like, oh, this guy knows what he's talking about. And he did. Like, he was very good. I just didn't fall in love with it there. Mm. And I just didn't get the itch. Like, I didn't get catch the bug there. It was, I kind of felt not a priority. I kind of felt it was just so big. And it's not even his fault. It's like, how can you really have one-on-one relationships with so many people? Like, it's not his fault. So I just didn't fall in love with it. So I stopped going. And then about a couple years later, I was still thinking about doing it. And then Haas started a gym with another guy named Mukai. They started a mixed martial arts gym called Next Level. And it was more of a Muay Thai. I don't know if Haas was involved in starting it. Well, Haas like was... He was, he like, was, he the, was brought on He was brought on, sorry. Yeah. So yeah, a gym opened up in the south side, which was like five minutes from where my house was. And I'm like, this is perfect. So I started doing kickboxing and Muay Thai there. And then I also did some jujitsu like once or twice a week. So I was really enjoying both because I'm more of a gym meathead. I loved punching, <laughs> surprising, yeah. right? Yeah. And I loved hitting the pads. I loved the sound of kicking the bag. It's just, it felt really nice to hear that. And I was like, okay, because it was helping me cope with the situation that I had at work where my punches and all those things weren't effective. Mm -hmm. And so that actually has a a crazy effect on your psychological strength and who you are and how you feel about your ability as a cop. Anyway, so training there was really, really good. And I was dabbling in jujitsu, but I was doing like an hour, an hour and a half of Muay Thai and then going into jujitsu. So I'm like bagged. So, I wasn't sure if I was going to keep doing both. So my wife and I ended up going to uh, Hawaii for a trip. Have I told you this story? Yeah. Yeah, okay. Okay. So it's funny. And so we go to Hawaii and this is 2016. So we're in Hawaii for our uh, anniversary in October. And so we're walking through the hotel, uh, a hotel from the beach. We're going back to our hotel, uh, just going through another lobby because we really like this lobby. And we're like, oh, it's kind of cool. Let's walk through it. And in walks Nate Diaz, like the Nate Diaz from like the UFC with his like entourage, like a bunch of badasses. And I like look and I'm wearing like a muscle shirt, like these short shorts. And I like look like such a loser. And Corey, Corey's like in front of me and I'm like, and I'm like starstruck. I'm yeah. like, is that fucking Nate Diaz? And so this is shortly after he had won and choked out Conor McGregor. Oh my God. And so he's there partying hard. And like I could smell the weed from across the, the lobby. <laughs> and I, I believe he was actually there doing a seminar as well. Right. Uh, so I'm like, I got to talk to this guy. Yeah. So I go up to him and I'm like, hey man, congratulations on the win. That was awesome. So happy you choked out Conor. And he was so nice, but I think he was like fucking high at the same time. <laughs> but he was, he was so nice to me. And I was like, look, 
I just started training like some MMA, some doing kickboxing, and I kind of want to do some jiu-jitsu, you ever get more into it? And his exact words, he was like, fuck that shit. He's like, stop being a pussy and start doing jiu-jitsu. And I'm like, uh, okay, Nate Diaz, I will listen to everything you have you to, say. I'll do what you say. And the minute we landed back in Edmonton, yeah. I went right to the gym and I canceled my membership for Muay Thai and went full-time with Haas. And that was the day I switched. Oh my God. It was God. so hilarious. I'm like, this superstar basically bullied me into getting into jiu-jitsu full-time. Yeah. And I'm like, well, it worked for him. So, okay. <laughs> okay. And so that's kind of why I started. And yeah. it's kind of a funny story, but like, it has a little mixture of both the things we were talking about. Mm-hmm. Like something bad happened to me. Yeah. Well, really, like I did something bad and to somebody and I still feel terrible about it. But it was a horrible experience uh, regardless. Yeah. And also I got exposed to it by somebody that I really like respected. And mm-hmm. he's just kind of like gave me that extra push and that extra shove. And then like, like you said before, me 10 years ago, two separate people, the way that you carry yourself, the way that you feel about the world, the way that you look at other people, oh, yeah. it changes everything about you yeah. and your outlook. And so one thing about being a cop at a young age is you feel that when you put your uniform on, you have like a gun and a vest, you think you're fucking Superman and that everybody will listen to you. No one can deny your, like your commands and which is terrifying. It's terrifying, but it's also not true. Yeah. And you walk around with a false sense of security. Yeah. And it's the same thing with like hockey players that I grew up with. Mm -hmm. They're big, fake, tough guys. And don't really know how to fight. They have this false sense of security. And then like we've had hockey players come into the gym full of testosterone, full of like piss and vinegar. And then they get ragdolled and they never come back because they just can't take that humiliation because they've been kind of fueled with, oh yeah, you're a badass, you're awesome. And that toxic environment just builds on us, builds on itself. Yeah. So yeah, that's, that's one reason why, well, the reason I started jujitsu. And I'm so happy that's how it that's how it happened. Yeah. Yeah. And so yeah, even it even changed like how we do vacations. Because you guys train on vacation a lot. We train on vacation as much as we can. Like I've now trained in like Vegas, uh Vietnam, uh Hawaii. Which is where I got this shirt. <laughs> I got this shirt from uh, a gym in Hawaii. What does it say on it? It says Lifer. Aww. Yeah. So, and on the back, it has the gym, the, the Ronin uh, oh, nice. Jiu-Jitsu yeah. Academy in Hawaii. And yeah, like everywhere we go, I'm like, I want to find a gym and train mm-hmm. there and get something. Like I want to collect, you know, some people collect spoons or some people collect like pins or something. Like yeah. I collect, collect things from the gyms, like either a shirt or a patch that's or cool. something. Yeah. So yeah. Nice. That's why I started. I think one thing that's really interesting that jujitsu gives you that Muay Thai doesn't give you the same way is that, and why it's so good for people that have, are seeking something like it out is that you get used to being under pressure every single day. Yeah. That live sparring element is a huge game changer. Yeah. Like what I, the difference between like Muay Thai or boxing or striking sports versus jujitsu and grappling is like when we're standing up, 
and punching each other or kicking, at least I can breathe. Yeah. Like, <laughs> like at least and I can like, move. Like you're not getting like full on, like a full power, you know, yeah. blow to the head or something like that. Yeah. When you're doing jujitsu, you're feeling like somebody's entire weight on top of you. If and, somebody's strangling you, yeah, there and, is no like. And jujitsu, you can go full out. You can go 100% yeah. and nobody gets hurt. Or if you get injured, it's not that bad. You Mostly, can't yeah. <laughs> you can't spar a hundred percent all day every day. No. Jiu-jitsu, you can spar a hundred percent a few times a week and you'll be fine. Yeah. Um, Injuries happen. Like, don't get us wrong. Yeah. But it's not like you're coming out of it. You have to go to the hospital every single time, which which you would with Muay Thai. Yeah, and Muay Thai, you're getting head kicked. You're getting punched in the face over and over again. Like that has to affect you. It mm-hmm. does affect you. And you can't do that long term. At least jujitsu, like long term, your health is not going to suffer as much. Like you're going to get like fucked up. Arthritis. Fingers, arthritis, <laughs> your back, your knees. You are might gonna... pop a couple things yeah. out. But at least you can have a full on conversation. You're not slurring your words. Yeah. yeah. Right? And CTE is not a huge thing in, in the jujitsu community that I know about. No. It's very, it's, I think it's the more safe way of practicing a martial art. And I, that's why I really like it for long term. And I think it, I don't know. Muay Thai, it, it was good. It is mm-hmm. good to do. It's nice to know. But when it comes to like long-term sparring and long-term effects, Jiu-Jitsu takes it. Yeah. I think. Yeah. Yeah. Do you... So, okay. When somebody comes to you and they're like, well, I've got a really good punch or I've got a really good kick. I'm, I've been doing Muay Thai for seven years. I don't need Jiu-Jitsu because mm-hmm. I can just, you know, throw a couple punches yeah. And end the fight there. Yeah. What's your, what do you say to them? Cool. Cool. <laughs> cool. Nice. Come, come to the mat room and bring that energy. Yeah. Um, they might be right. Like they probably could defend themselves um, with some strikes and some kicks. In my experience, especially like in what I do for a living, most people, before, I'd say most, a lot of women, before they realize what's happening, if they're getting assaulted, they're on the ground before yeah. they realize what's happening. Yeah. So having that ability to throw a punch or a kick is kind of <clears throat> out the door. And most people, like me, for instance, the first time I got taken down to the ground was in the mat room. Luckily, it never happened on the job. I didn't know what I was doing. I didn't know what was happening. Mm-hmm. I didn't know where my feet were. I didn't know what my hands were doing. I just was completely lost and drowning. Mm-hmm. And so most people, would, when they say that, oh, I got a good punch, I got a good kick. Yeah, cool. A lot of people do. Yeah. Anybody can throw a punch yeah. and get lucky. Yeah. It takes real skill and it takes a lot of hours to be proficient in jiu-jitsu and grappling. Like, I've only been doing it for 2016. And that's not a long time. No, like, not in the big scheme <clears throat> of things. No, and like when it comes to like, yeah, like a purple belt or a brown belt, like Haas has been doing it for almost, I think, what, 15 years? It's coming up on that, I think, yeah. yeah. Six is nothing you know, compared to that. And no. it shows when we spar. I'm yeah. like, I know nothing compared to him and I'm bigger and stronger than he is. Mm-hmm. And he's getting stronger. I know. Which is scary. <laughs> it's going to be a beast. I know. I'm like, can you stop? <laughs> but it wouldn't matter. Like, it doesn't matter how strong I am compared to the skill and the knowledge. Like, of 15 years, that's, it's nothing. Yeah. So, yeah. That's, when someone says that, I can punch, I can kick. Okay, cool. But all it takes is me to close that distance or a skilled guy or woman to close that distance. Your punches and kicks don't mean shit. That's true. Yeah. And another thing that I've kind of learned 
I was watching a Rogan. Like I'm a huge Rogan, like <laughs> Nut Rider. Him and Nate Diaz. Nut Rider. Own yeah, it. I need to have like a shirt that says JRV Rogan Nut Rider. <laughs> oh my god, next episode. Yeah, Nut Rider. Let's writer. do it. Um, there's a reason why all the top fighters in the UFC one championship, they're all grapplers. Yeah. Most of them. I think Izzy, like Israel Adesanya is like one of the only ones that's not like a black belt or a high level wrestler. John Jones, high level wrestler. Daniel Cormier, wrestler. Anderson Silva, black belt in jiu-jitsu. You gotta know what to do on the ground. You, you gotta do. have to like, you know, it was like anybody who knows anything about punching knows that like, when we're at this distance, yeah, punches are gonna be dangerous. Yeah. As soon as you're here. Doesn't mean no, anything. Doesn't mean anything. And I grew up my whole life, my mom's, a, she's a professional piano player. Oh wow. Yeah. I didn't and know so that. she taught my sister and I how to play the piano since yeah. we were little. and. Your hands are very delicate. Yes. They're made for things like playing the piano, like writing notes. Yes, that like is why we were typing. evolved. <laughs> yeah, that's why we evolved. To play the piano. But like, and to like, yeah, we evolved because like we had to like pick things these and were like our peel. Tools. These were our tools, yes. right? And these are not made to punch people. Like, mm. I see, I have no knuckle here. Oh, yeah. I broke my hand with that in that uh, incident. Mm. I hit this guy as hard as I could, probably 15 times, and it didn't mean anything. Right. It meant nothing. And it was like two punches in, I broke my hand. Our hands are so delicate. Yeah. If you're on the street, like even if you break fall or you put your hand down, it's so easy to break. Yeah. That's why I feel like grappling is easier to fight in a high stress situation because fine motor skills go out the window when you're scared. And so learning concepts of like underhooks and like good takedowns and getting the fuck out of there. Yes. It's way easier than knowing a good combination that you're probably going to re not remember in a high stress situation. Yeah. So. And you're used to being in that high stress situation. I am. You know? Yeah. Or not like, not, not, but like if you grapple regularly, oh, yeah. you get used to the feeling of being in that high stress, you know, yeah. having to think quickly. Yeah. Because if somebody grabs you... <clears throat> In a real life situation, you if you have a bunch of hours of sparring under your belt, you can be like, oh, I know what to do here. Mm -hmm. Like you're not scared, you're not worried, like, okay, if I zig and they zag, yeah. I can do this, I have this, this, this. Other than the deer in the headlights, I'm terrified and freeze. Yeah. That's the worst thing to happen. Yeah. So yeah. I have another question for you. Okay. Because I think that it's important to talk about. Uh, so what do you say to people who are, who tell you cops shouldn't learn jujitsu because it gives them another tool to use against people? Because I think like, and I don't want to get yeah. super into a lot of, you know, these conversations, but I think that like, that's part of why we're having this pod pod yeah. <laughs> podcast too, yeah. is to like have these important like controversial yeah. conversations i don't even think that's that controversial to ask i don't think it is i don't think it should be but i think it should be like because i think like here's where like i feel like there's so many levels of knowledge and understanding to get the general population to the point where they understand why training jujitsu is a tool yeah and why it's name calls it's called like the gentle art yeah was so that you could avoid um punching somebody mm -hmm. or doing something worse than that to yeah. disarm them if you would have asked me this 10 years ago yeah i would have been like 
everybody needs to get punched in the face once in a while. Really? I would have said that. I would have said Marty. that. And I'd say 95% of police would still agree with that statement. I would, yeah. Me now, I ch- we have a, a brand new guy, like a fresh rookie on our squad. He just started like a couple of weeks ago. And I told him, I'm not even his training officer. And I said, if you're ever at a situation with me, if you punch somebody in the face in front of me, I'm going to deal with you later. And I said, the challenge for you is to know how to take somebody down to the ground if they won't listen and control them and get them in cuffs without throwing one strike. Yeah. That includes knees, elbows, punches. I'm like, I don't want to see any of that. Yeah. And he's like, well, how would I do that? I'm like, come to Bio. <laughs> and so he came. Right. And he came and he, I think he's going to sign up and he really understood the, uh, the importance of it. So when people, when you're asking me like, should cops train jujitsu? Absolutely. Because we have all these things on our belts. Um, but this punching. is not, yeah. yeah, this punching, kicking, that is not control. No. That is not controlling somebody. No. And that's not, that shows me you don't have control of yourself. Yeah. And I just think jujitsu and training and that kind of stuff of, grappling and continuing to roll all the time that gives you a sense of like self-awareness of where you are and to read situations better so you don't have to resort to extreme violence Mm. like most people think that police officers are trained in like fighting and shooting and all that kind of stuff which we kind of are but not really my big thing is we are held police are held to a standard that we're not even trained to meet yeah and it's, we could go on and like the whole defunding thing and training and how yeah. much that costs. And I think we should explore this at a later podcast. We like, should. I think we should have a whole podcast dedicated yeah. towards um, like going more in depth into this conversation. I think, yeah. But for now, like the general public now deserves better than what they're getting. Yes. Like a hundred percent. And when that, that yeah. includes uh, empathetic police officers that can really like understand and not get pissed off easily like policing is a very high type a masculine um kind of gym bro type career Mm -hmm. same with the military um same with firefighters um more male dominated type uh careers but jujitsu i learned personally that it like takes away a lot of the false sense of security Takes away a lot of arrogance. Or at and least it should. It should. Like, I don't know. I Because I, I have a difficult, you know, it should take away your ego, but I feel like it also can really feed your ego too, yeah. you know? I remember I was listening to, I don't know which podcast it was, but it was another jujitsu podcast that there was a clip floating around on TikTok of, of this girl being like, so can you tell me why... Black belts are usually just so gentle and so this. And I was like, (laughs) girl. (laughs) Meanwhile, we've got all of these black belts being accused or not accused. I shouldn't, I don't want to use that word exposed as being, you know, like abusive people who are sexual assaulting people. Like a lot of that is going on right now. And yet on one hand, like 
like half of it is just like, well, being a black belt and training jujitsu and martial arts just makes you so gentle. Like, oh my goodness. And it's like, it that's should. not true. It should. It like, should. It'd be great if it did. Yeah. But it doesn't. Like yeah. those two things aren't synonymous with each other. Yeah. So yeah, I don't yeah. know. I have a hard time. Like it should do that. And I think there's elements of it that do that, but I don't think that that is necessarily hundred percent what happens. No, I think the majority of it, I think more men get exposed and they, if they stick with it, their attitude changes for the better. I think yeah. that's common. Yeah. If you, especially in healthy gym cultures, healthy gym cultures, which I think is more important than like, um, you know, like trying to have this journey on yourself. If you're yeah. trying to do that and you're at somebody's gym, who's arrogant and yeah. you know doing abusive shitty things like of course your culture isn't going to be a good reflection of that yeah i agree and so going back to like the police aspect of it like the uh, rodney king uh video the george floyd video these are perfect examples of cops that have no idea what the hell they're doing yeah and Racism aside, the what I what I see when I look at those videos and I see like uh, Derek, I think his name's Derek Chauvin. He looks at the camera, like he looks at a camera that's on him. And to me, I look at his eyes and I'm like, this guy doesn't know what else to do. Mm. And I'm like, is that his fault? Yeah, kinda. Yeah. Is it his department's fault for not training him better? Yeah. Yeah. But we don't get the training that we need all the time so we have to take responsibility for that and seek out better training and better like more opportunities to become better yeah. because we don't always get that opportunity just based on workload the amount of people that are on the street like lack of lack of cops on the street right now um sickness like covid had a huge impact on people that are working either from home or back in the office there's all these aspects but I find that to have like, there should be zero excuse for to not want to be become the best version of yourself. And that's any job. Yes, uh, uh, totally. Yeah. But it's like, so uh, what I do for work is I do like freelance communication, social media and marketing. Yeah. If I don't work in my own skills at my job, nobody dies. Yeah, yeah <laughs> you know? that's true. Like, yeah. So I agree, like everyone needs that. But when you're, when you're in an environment that tells you that you're an alpha male who is, you know, unstoppable because you've got a tool belt of dangerous weapons, yeah. you know, how do you find that in your, in yourself, like, unless you have like a traumatic incident that happens, do you think that a lot of cops come to that realization on their own? I'm going to say this before I forget to say it. Okay. Um, there's this movie, the... Spider-Man. <laughs> <laughs> so Spider-Man, bear with me, stick with me. So the very first uh, Spider-Man with Tom Holland and Iron Man, it's like a few oh, years yeah, ago, yeah. Tom Holland gets this, or Tom Holland Spider-Man gets this like really special Spider-Man suit and he messes up and people get hurt and Iron Man takes it away from him. And Tom Holland says, I'm nothing without that suit. Right. Iron Man says, if you're nothing without that suit, then you shouldn't have it. Ooh. And I thought, I'm like, that that is completely the same for policing. If you're nothing without the vest, the gun, the badge, the belt, you shouldn't have it. Mm -hmm. You shouldn't need to have a gun or a baton or pepper spray if you don't even know a basic takedown. Yeah. 
especially if it's like weapons aside, like if those aren't, those aren't an issue, person doesn't have a knife, doesn't have access to like something to hurt you with. If they're just being assaultive or scary or they're just posturing, yeah, you shouldn't have to resort to extreme violence because you don't know what else to do. Yeah. Like tasers, I hate. I hate them so much because they're not reliable. And there's so many things that can go wrong. Like you don't know if this person has heart problems. Mm. You don't know if they're going to fall and smack their head. Cause when you taser somebody, they, they lock out, out and yeah. they fall right back. Like when I got tasered in class, like as a recruit, you have people beside you to catch you yeah. as you fall. Cause I don't want you to hurt yourself. Yeah. So there's all these, there's all these aspects to, but in my opinion, if you, if you don't, if you're nothing without it, you shouldn't have it. Right. And I stick by that. And I don't know if that's a, too big of expectations. I think it's a really good place to start. I think because in my opinion, who I was in 2011, when this really high incident happened, I feel like I let the general public down and they deserved more than me. And the person that I hurt deserved better than that. Yeah. Regardless of what he was doing, he was actually trying to like kill somebody and try to stab me and my partner. That aside, um, there were d different options at the time. Yeah, I didn't, I didn't realize that because yeah. of my lack of my lack of maturity, my lack of training. Yeah, but that all comes with experience. Yeah, and the best place for experience for cops is on the mats. You shouldn't be in a fight for your life for the first time on the street. No, no. There's too many factors that can go wrong. The best place to learn and to get your ass kicked is by somebody that actually cares about you, like a black belt that. You're, you're kind of paying. <laughs> I'm paying for his friendship and his, and his, his tutelage. <laughs> but like, um, that's, I, but I, yeah, I, I no, believe like that. You like, need to like have that experience. You need to be able to have, like you said, other things available yeah. to you. Yeah. And like, we shoot our guns a lot uh, in training because obviously the mentality is the first time you use your, your firearm, you shouldn't, it shouldn't be the, the a real life situation. You should know how to be proficient with it. I really wish we bring that energy to everything to else, everything else, to control yeah. tactics, to learning how to handle bad, like bad people when they're either like high on drugs or they're just motivated to hurt somebody. Yeah. I wish we would have that same mentality on everything else. Like, especially like that aspect and then, then there's the whole mental health aspect yeah, and learning yeah. how to deal with those those issues. But that is a completely different thing that I am not educated right. at all. I think we should have an episode two about good versus evil. Because you say bad guys a lot. I know. And that... And it like... Because I grew up on cops. I, I grew up know. watching cops in the 90s. You're just like such a little product of like so many little like we're gonna talk toxic about, environments. We're going to talk about that in the next episode. But I think we why. should have... Yeah. I think we should have like a whole episode on like talking about good and evil. Because I'm very much a shades of gray person. I, and I think that you really need to know about like people's backgrounds and where yeah. they come from. Because nobody is like... Well, not very, very, very... Very few people in history, in my opinion, are born evil or bad or, you know, innately, you yeah. know? Yeah, I think that'll be a good conversation because I learned recently in these last few years that good and evil can be a point of view. Oh, 100%. Really? Yeah. And, and I so, think we're seeing that more and more in the world. I think we're seeing that right now with the yeah. whole Russia-Ukraine thing. Like, people are on different sides with different opinions. But at the same time, like, war is war. War is war and it's terrible. When yes. people die, it's yeah. not good. Like, Especially, like, civilians. People that aren't involved. 
Yeah. So it's like, sure, yeah, we can like pretend to be impartial or like not pretend, but like be impartial or whatever, have opinions about things. But like at the same time, I think we all can agree that like <laughs> war is shit yeah. and civilians dying is shit. Yeah. Anyway, so bringing it back to why we started jujitsu. Yeah. <laughs> we got so far off. We're so far off, but that's yeah. okay. Um, oh, we're almost at an hour too. Oh, wow. Yeah. We could probably wrap this up. You want to wrap? We've got like, I would say another like eight or nine minutes is there anything else you want to talk about about it or (sighs) i just uh everybody says i wish i would have started earlier yeah when they get a few stripes in or they get their blue belt um and they start progressing at a rate that they never thought was possible they always say i wish i would have started earlier and yeah it's it's true but you didn't so keep going do you do you uh you learn learn what works for you yeah. And don't try to keep up with anybody else. That's a good piece of advice, I think. Yeah. yeah. Like I get, I still feel like I struggle with comparing myself to other guys and women in the gym where I'm like, well, like they're getting a stripe. Like, why am I not getting a stripe? Like, why don't I get a stripe? <laughs> why does no one like me? I bought you a present, Haas. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Yeah. Well, like, it's true. Like, yeah. Um, especially like growing coming up before the blue belts uh it's so tough to like not compare yourself and be like well i'm i tapped this person last week why do they get get a strike and i don't i love hearing that from people yeah and i like and i'm just like i said that (laughs) how much did you say that like twice okay like twice and out loud (laughs) (laughs) but like it was it was a good realization of like okay he doesn't care yeah like our instructor does not care how you tapped out somebody. He wants to see you progress. Yeah. And yeah. I think that is a defining um, difference between our gym and some other gyms that are that I've trained at or yeah. at least been around. Yeah. That's cool. Do you have anything else? Um, women should learn jujitsu. Change women. your life. Yeah. All women need to. Yeah, I think jujitsu is. Um, you know, other than the points that we talked about, I think that uh, you're not going to be necessarily strong enough to um, just punch somebody out and hope that that's going to work for you. And it's also, I think that one thing that we need to remember too, especially when we're having these conversations about self-defense, is that a lot of the time, the person who um, you are most in danger with is not necessarily some random person on the street. I'm going to admit there's been some like, nasty, really racially motivated attacks and some reasons, especially recently that have been really heartbreaking about like why women have been just randomly attacked on the street. And I think that those are important to acknowledge, Mm -hmm. but I think statistically we need to remember that like, it's probably somebody, you know, yeah. Those random ones that you fear are so rare. It's you're more likely to get hit by lightning than have that actually happen to you. And most women are so aware of their surroundings anyways. It's mm-hmm. it's rare. It's rare for it to happen. I'm not saying it's... The no, chances aren't like, zero. Women are raised to be like, okay, you cover your drink when you go out. You walk home with somebody when you're out alone. You yeah. don't walk down an alley. Like, we're ingrained with that. Yeah. You know? Which is sad, but... But, re- like... It's real. It's real. Yep. Because evil exists. Well, bad, bad things happen. Bad things happen. Yeah. There are, um, there are terrible people out there. Do I think that like the action of attacking a woman randomly is evil? Yes. Do I think that that person is necessarily like an evil person? 
I don't know. I would have to know them more. That's very true. That's actually a good point. Yeah. I'd say yes. Even like people that like, you know, like people that I've been in shitty relationships with that have like done some garbage things. It's like they are products of their environment and the crappy situations that they were we'll talk raised about that. in. We're going to talk about that right away. Oh, are yeah, we? Yeah, okay. we're going to talk about Should we call this one a wrap? We're I think so. We're yeah. an hour. Thanks for joining in. Yeah, thanks, <laughs> we'll, uh, we'll see you soon. Bye. Bye-bye.